if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the sixth morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2020. You are uh, going to be glad you're with us today, especially a half an hour from now, a little less actually, because I'm going to get a I'm going to get a chance to talk a rare chance to talk to one of the primary members of the White House coronavirus response task force no it's not dr fauci or dr burks but it's pretty doggone close admiral brett Giroir, who is indeed a physician and he is the assistant secretary of the department of health and human services and a prime member of the the coronavirus task force in other words his view is taken very very seriously by the other doctors and by the vice president who runs the force and of course by the president and Admiral Giroir and I are going to have a really interesting conversation. Because Admiral Giroir has a very, very different view of things than I do. Not that my view matters at all, because it doesn't. I'm not a doctor. He is. I'm not on the task force. He is. But we do see things a little bit differently. And it's going to be good to kind of find out how his view squares with the view of Fauci and Burks and others on the force. Um, because Admiral Jawa has said that he believes all Americans should wear masks. He said that 85 to 90% of Americans wearing masks would have the same effect of a national shutdown, and it would get the virus under control. Very interesting. I am strongly opposed to mask mandates for a variety of reasons I've outlined on this program many, many times. But he says he thinks that's what should happen. He also says he opposes the use of hydroxychloroquine as a potential treatment for COVID-19, which is something I also disagree with for a variety of reasons, because I just don't believe that uh, all of these frontline doctors who are prescribing it and getting results are just all nuts. Uh, He apparently doesn't agree. Uh, Neither does Peter Navarro, who is the White House trade advisor who came out and contradicted Admiral Joa uh, last week. So really interesting conversation coming up on what we do going forward with and about 
the uh, Chinese coronavirus. So Admiral Brett Joa will be joining us at 9.32. By the way, a little earlier after the bottom of the hour news because of his schedule, we got a hard out with him at 9.42, so we'll have 10 good minutes uh, coming up at 9.32. Make sure you're here for that. Then at 10.10, our regular Thursday conversation with Dr. Everett Piper, who's got a lot to talk about today. And at 10.35... We go back to the White House, and particularly to Trump 2020, the Trump 2020 campaign. The president is, of course, in Cleveland today, and Hogan Gidley, former press secretary for the White House and for President Trump, former assistant press secretary, rather. I want to be very clear about that. Uh, but uh, now he is the press secretary for the campaign specifically. So I'm very much looking forward to talking to Hogan Gidley uh, at uh, 1035 today. So make sure that you are with us for that. So three great stations coming up, Admiral Giroir, Dr. Piper, and then Hogan Gidley. President Trump, of course, in Cleveland today uh, in Northeast Ohio, and we're very much looking forward to uh, seeing how that plays out. And we'll talk about the agenda with Hogan Gidley as well. All right, a uh, lot of stuff to do here uh, today, and I'm going to start with, well, kind of continuing the uh, Giroir conversation about the coronavirus task force. Dr. Anthony Fauci says that you might as well get used to this because it's entirely possible that coronavirus is never going away. Let me say that again. He said, he has declared that it's possible the virus never truly goes away. And the world will just have to keep getting better at managing it with vaccines. America's top infectious disease expert with a stark diagnosis six months into the pandemic. When you look at the number of infections and the number of deaths, it really is is quite... uh, quite concerning. But Dr. Anthony Fauci has some good news, especially for those who don't want to go back into quarantine. We can do much better without locking down. And I think the, that that strange binary uh, uh, approach that either you lock down or you let it all fly. There's some place in the middle when we can open the economy. That assessment coming as the state by state picture is mixed at best. All right, so that was a little bit from uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci by way of CNN of all places. Not my first choice of audio clips, but there it is. Um, But what Dr. Fauci said was the world will just have to get better at managing it with vaccines and with public health methods like mask wearing. And he said that more and more places around the world are mandating masks to help them contain surges, and that might be what we have to get used to. Face masks are now required in all public spaces in Greece, in Portugal's Madeira Islands, in Hong Kong, and here in the United States, Mississippi just became the latest state to institute a mask policy as well, making them mandatory in schools and at all public gatherings, because Mississippi now is the fifth highest number of coronavirus cases per capita in the United States, which is moving toward, as a country, toward uh, uh, 5 million cases. Now, that doesn't really say much to me because I know we have seen countless examples uh, where cases don't necessarily mean individual people, and it certainly does not indicate that that is uh, a death sentence for people. The survival rate continues to be well north of 99% for the vast majority of the population. Uh, But nonetheless, Dr. Fauci is essentially saying that it may never go away and we may have to get used to just dealing with it. And that would include wearing masks. How long do you think the American public would would uh, accept that? How long do you think the American public would accept essentially turning into 
a Muslim country, and I say that not to be disparaging of Muslims, but you know the the uh, uh, burqas uh, that that Muslim women wear, covering half of their face, uh, all of these kinds of things. And I don't know if that's actually the burqa. I sometimes get my Muslim terminology mi- uh, mixed up in terms of what they cover their face with. I think the burqa is actually the headwear. Uh, whatever they call the mask part, but you understand the point here. Do, I don't want to live my life with half of my face covered, struggling to breathe in clean oxygen, struggling to deal with the CO2 that I am continuing to exhale and then inhale and then exhale and then inhale. I don't want to live like that. Are women suddenly going to not never buy lipstick again because they can't show their mouths in public? Uh, and, and, you know, and, and face, uh, face makeup? Dr. Fauci simply says, or uh, pretty much says, well, maybe so. It may never go away, and we're just going to have to learn how to deal with it. We'll get vaccine, vaccines, and we'll have masks, and that's okay. I want to know how you feel about that. 216-901-0945, Now, the good news is, and I'm again, I'm kind of going back to my interview that's coming up at uh, 932. Uh, Admiral Giroir, uh has said this about Dr. Anthony Fauci, that he's not always right. Believe it or not, America's doctor that everybody says we have to trust. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, he's not always right. So here's a little bit of what Admiral Joie said on Meet the Press. To, the, to rest, there, there is complete, open, honest discussion within the task force. The task force meets three or four times a week. The vice president calls me regularly. Uh, Dr. Burks is not one to hold her tongue. Believe me, if there's a public health opinion that needs to be said, that needs mm-hmm. to be it. And I respect Dr. Fauci a lot, but Dr. Fauci is not 100% right, and he also doesn't necessarily, and he admits that, have the whole national interest in mind. That's a big statement, and that's an important statement. Dr. Fauci is not always right. Sometimes other people are right. Plus, he's very narrow-focused in what he does. Uh, and the rest of the nation and the rest of the, you know, the, the economic picture, the mental health picture, the school picture, the education and all, uh, and, and on down the line are not necessarily in Dr. Fauci's purview. So it's going to be a very interesting conversation with Admiral Joie. I'm very interested to hear what you think when you hear somebody like, I'm sorry to break the bad news to you, by the way, to start a Thursday morning being told that coronavirus may never go away. But that is what Dr. Fauci says. Um, and that's something we'll have to deal with. Me, even though we still haven't figured out how to deal with it right now. Uh, in the state of Ohio, you know, I, I just mentioned to you that Mississippi has ba- uh, mandated masks for all school children and anybody in public gatherings. Well, here in Ohio, we're in the same boat. They uh, just three days ago on uh, on Monday, um, Governor Mike DeWine declared that, uh, or I'm sorry, it was Tuesday. Governor Mike DeWine declared that all children K through 12 will be wearing masks if they go into school. And of course, we know we're under a public mandate as well. So, uh, you know, w- w- here we are. Some of us are pushing back. Some of us are fighting back. And some of the heaviest hitters in the national government, including members of the task force, are saying, uh, too bad, get used to it. Are you going to submit? Are you going to comply? Are you going to uh, just uh, lay down and, and do exactly what you're told? When it's time to put on the mask, you put on the mask. When it's time to roll up your sleeve and take that needle, are you going to roll up your sleeve and take that needle? Not knowing what the long-term ramifications or side effects of a vaccine may be. I was talking to a physician two days ago about that very question. He asked me if there's a vaccine and the FDA says that it's safe and effective, will you take it? And I said, is the FDA going to declare that it's safe and effective three years from now? Five years from now? Well, no, there's no way to tell that, but it'll be, it'll be uh, mandated or not mandated. It will be, um, 
verified as safe and effective by the FDA at the time of the shot. Well, that's not my concern. My concern is, what about the long-term ramifications? Well, we don't have time to wait for the long-term ramifications to be known. We have to do something now because we're suffering from coronavirus now. And my response to that, you can have your own, because I did ask you at 216-901-0945, but my response to that is, as to whether or not I would take the vaccine, we're talking about a virus with a 99.7 or 8% survival rate for the vast majority of the population. The seniors over 70, a different story. It's a little bit of a lower survival rate, and we have to be more protective of them. The most vulnerable population should be protected differently than the vast majority of the population. So considering the survival rate is 99 plus percent, and I'm not over 70, yeah, I'll wait a few years to see what the impact is of the coronavirus vaccine. I'll wait four, five, ten years, whatever I've got to do before I go jamming a needle into my arm with Lord only knows what is in it and what impact it will have on me. Uh, that's just my view. I would love to hear yours. 216-901-0945, if you want to get in early, do it now. We'll talk before we talk to Admiral Brett Joa, which is at 932 on AM 1420, The Answer. Into this It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 924. Let's get a few of your phone calls in at 216-901-0945. Don't forget, Admiral Brett Joie, who is a part of the White House Coronavirus Response Task Force, uh, we'll be joining us at 9.32, right out of the bottom of the news. Let's go to Diane, who's in West Park on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Diane. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Thank you. I feel Diane, like are you there? Board... I am. Can you hear me? Now I can. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Good morning. I feel like we're playing a board game with a little three-year-old who wants to play the game his way, and he's changing the rules, and he all he wants to do is win. He doesn't really know that he's you know, really doing something bad. But we know that all the folks who are making these mandates and rules and orders and whatever, they know what they know exactly what they're doing and why. It's so frustrating. And I think this, this it's, it's, out, it's to the point, it's outrageous. It's all outrageous. The fact that they think this is going to last forever, well, okay, we have flu every year. I mean, Bob, it's... It, you know, I'm just beyond myself. Thank you so much. And you know what? I'm also I'm kind of getting disappointed in President Trump. Way back in I don't know if it was May, I said I'm waiting for him to say fight, you're fired to Fauci. And I just don't understand. I don't understand President Trump right now. Why we're not? Let me help. Let me why? let me help you. Let me help you understand it. Um, Thank you. There's there's an election in 90 days, and sadly. This is reality, Diane. Sadly, the vast majority of the American public trusts Dr. Fauci. They believe he's the guy. And so if President Trump fires him, the the idea of anybody in middle America, meaning the middle of the uh, political ideological skill, anybody who's a centrist or a moderate or an undecided, is going to take that ag- uh, uh, against, take it out on Donald Trump if, they, if he fires Fauci. That's why he's suddenly started wearing masks in public. Remember, he was very anti-mask, in the at least mandated, uh, in the early going. He wouldn't wear it in, a, in all these public venues. He was shamed for it. And he said, I don't 
don't care because that's not what this is about. Uh, and now he's suddenly wearing a mask everywhere. And the reason why is the vast majority of Americans have bought into the hype, and they believe that masking is necessary. And so he wants to appeal to as many voters as he can. So this is just, you know, this is politics. President Trump didn't start out in this thing as a politician when he ran four years ago, but he's won now. And I'm sure his advisors are telling him, look, sir, the polls show people like Fauci, and the polls show people want, want to wear masks. Uh, to, or they don't, maybe not, may not want to, but they believe in wearing masks because they're afraid. So maybe we need to reach out to those voters. And I think that's why he's doing what he's doing right now. Thank you, Bob. You got it, Diane. I appreciate it. I, I don't think the president has changed his mind. But he's a politician now. He's got to listen to political advisors. And you've got to do what the people, you know, what appeals to the people. And that's the bottom line. He's done that from the beginning. He knew that, you know, when, when he made his, his, his uh, policies known in, in his first campaign, I'm going to lower your taxes. He knew that would be popular with an extraordinary amount of people. When he said, I'm going to build a wall, he knew that illegal immigration was very, very bad to an extraordinary amount of people. Those are smart political decisions. Well, he can't go and start making very unpopular political decisions now by firing the doctor that everybody looks to and then by, uh, again, by um, uh, not wearing masks when everybody seems to be, at least in terms of surveys and polls, uh, supportive of them. Dan is in uh, Middleburg Heights. Hi, Dan. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. Yeah, I agree with everything of what you just said, and it kind of linked what going through my mind uh, uh this guy you have coming up uh, I, I doubt if you'll ask him but ask him what what global health institute is he a member of because fauci this whole tax force all are linked to future patents on any possible cures so you got a double edge here guys are going to make billions of dollars out of american taxpayer money to support looking for these vaccines that's why he's saying You'll, uh, you know, it could go on forever because it's to their advantage if they're part of this. Also, it's people control once again, getting back to like you're saying, we're getting to be like a Muslim country. Well, I, I've, I have seen, Dan, I have seen stories, nothing definitive, of course, that have linked Dr. Fauci potentially with a, uh, with uh, the, the owners of a patent for a potential vaccine, and maybe that's why he doesn't want to do this or that, and he says it's going to be here forever because everybody's going to have to get it. Then. I, I don't have any evidence of that, but I have seen those kinds of stories. I have not heard anything of the sort with Admiral Brett Joie. Uh, he is a member of the task force team who is doing the best he can to give his best guidance. As a physician, I have not heard anything at all about that from him or for him or regarding him but we will talk about that and much more when admiral joie joins us right after the news on am 1420 the answer all right 9 32 we continue on am 1420 the answer and as promised prompt as any guest has ever been uh, Admiral Brett Girard joining us on AM 1420. The answer, Admiral Girard is an MD and the Assistant Secretary for Health and Human Services and, as noted earlier, part of the White House Coronavirus Response Task Force. Admiral, it's good to have you on the program here in Cleveland on the day the President is visiting Northeast Ohio. Uh, thanks so much for the time. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on the show, and a uh, great day for the President to visit. 
Absolutely it is. Should have great weather for him, and I appreciate uh, you being with us. Uh, I know you have a hard out, so I'm going to dive right into this, Admiral. Uh, let's start with the sudden surge in U.S. cases. You have correctly pointed out that the United States has increased testing by about 32,000%, far more, so over 60 million tests administered, far more than anywhere else in the world. Is that the reason we're experiencing what some are calling a massive surge in cases? And should we be focusing on cases at all, Admiral, given the you know hospital and mortality rates are the most important things here, which remain nationwide extraordinarily low for the vast majority of the population. Yeah, you make about five really good points uh, right in that uh, little segment. So let me tell you where we are. Um, We did have an increase in cases over the past month, and that was associated with an increase in hospitalizations and an increase in mortality. But starting about two weeks ago, we got uh, good control over that by doing all the measures that you were just talking about on your former segment, wearing a mask, trying to limit indoor crowded spaces, um, avoiding crowds, uh, and doing good hand hygiene. This has really turned around. So over the last week, definitively, our numbers of cases have dropped across the country pretty dramatically. Our hospitalizations are down dramatically. And unfortunately, deaths lag by a couple weeks. Um, and I told everybody this a couple weeks ago, that it's going to be four or five weeks before the deaths turn around. But we are really getting control over that. Um, and it's because of policies. Testing are, is helpful, um, particularly if you're in an outbreak area. But the most important thing is just to do those simple measures. And, and this will, that, that is the equivalent of shutting down your economy. If you just do those simple things, this will be turned around. I'm going to ask a very elementary question here, and I apologize for it in advance, because I've never been able to understand this from the beginning. Why is testing of healthy people so important? Because I feel like if I'm a healthy person and I go to one of the pop-up testing sites uh, in Cleveland or wherever, and I get tested on Monday, hey, I'm clean, I don't have the virus, it came back negative. By Wednesday or Thursday, I may have been in a group of people, or I may have touched the wrong surface or whatever, I, I might be positive then. Do I need to get tested twice a week, three times? a week every other week you just understand what i'm saying just because you get a negative test doesn't mean you are you are in the clear you're 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 stealing all my thunder and and that's really important we don't recommend uh for people who are healthy particularly for those who have not been in a high-risk situation like in contact very close with a person um if you're healthy you don't need to get tested um it's really only those places like where there's a very significant outbreak um like miami um, that we know that it's a lot of young people uh, who may be asymptomatic that we really focus, and that's a public health response saying we really want to t- test asymptomatic young people in Hialeah because we know there's a lot going around. A lot of them live with their grandmothers, and we want to get tested. But if you're a healthy person and if you've not had close contact with a person, like very close contact within for 15 minutes without masks, you don't need to be tested unless you're in one of those specific areas where the public health is really trying to put a lid on a very hot outbreak. And Ohio is not that right now. Um, You're doing better. You're in a downward trend. Your testing numbers look really good. You just got to keep doing what you're doing. We're talking with Admiral Brett Joie. He is the Assistant Secretary for Health and Human Services and part of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Let's move to treatments or potential treatments. You said on Sunday on Meet the Press, Admiral, that you would not recommend hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID-19 because the data isn't there to show that it works. You were then challenged on that view by White House Trade Advisor Peter Navarro, who said he disagreed with you and that you had not seen the data. Obviously, the president supports the drug. says he took it for two weeks uh, uh, prophylactically. How can we settle all these disagreements amongst those in the uh, in the White House? 
So I'd, I'd really rather focus on what we know that does work. We know that remdesivir works. If you're in the hospital, that's a very effective drug. We know that steroids work. It decreases mortality by 30%. The president has led the wave for plasma donations. We don't have definitive evidence that that works, but um, but it's highly likely to work because we know it works in just about everything else. You know, if you get over a disease, you've got antibodies that will help a person get over that. All these things are really uh, evidence-based treatments. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to say that, you know, you know, the door is not totally closed on hydroxychloroquine. I really don't want to focus on that. But more and more studies are showing that it's certainly not as effective as the other things we have. And, uh, you know, this is not a big controversy. We're all evidence-based. But the president has led so many things that are now safe and effective that are saving lives. That's what I'd rather focus on. Uh, and, and I respect that, and I appreciate that. But um, just a f- quick follow-up on it. Do we have yep, to sure. have the testing done about, and the randomized testing about hydroxychloroquine here? And the reason I ask that is in other countries, there are multiple reports of widespread use or prescription of hydroxychloroquine, especially in the early stages, really yeah. keeping massive spread down. It is not, again, not a cure necessarily, but it is, it is, been, it is being very effective so, in other countries. So, so let me just say, it's an approved drug. It's a uh, it's a decision between a physician and a patient. Any physician can prescribe that if 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 they so feel and the patient wants it. Um, the randomized control trials, uh, particularly those in our country in the UK, are really not showing benefit now. But again, I don't want to close the door on it. It's a decision between a physician and a patient. Um, I was very positive on it uh, up front because a lot of the data looked positive. As we get further along, uh, it's 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 less positive. And um, Peter Navarro, you know, he's got a lot of opinions, and God bless him for it. He's a great trade advisor. But uh, unless your viewers, when they need an appendectomy, call an economist, you probably don't want to take your medical <laughs> advice from him. Uh, fair enough, Admiral. Uh, now, um, now find- I, can I mm-hmm. can I make just one comment? I heard your sure. previous viewer, and I think it's important. Um, at least in my situation, everyone who's been a political appointee, and I'm political appointed, Senate confirmed. We have to we have to be divested from everything. Um, so we have no holdings in anything related to anything that we do. Um, any financial move we make has to be reported within 30 days of it being done. So in our financial records, uh, those who are political appointee and Senate confirmed, which is me, the secretary, um, it's it's very out there. So we we have absolutely no conflict of interest financially, and uh, many of us may have had it before we come in. But those had to be completely divested. Got no it. And, and and he was the caller was speaking specifically of Dr. Fauci, and I have spoken about Dr. Fauci in this regard as well. So I'm glad to get that answer. And that is that does segue into uh, my my final issue with you because our time is short, and that is masking. You have said that if 85 to 90 percent of America wears masks, it would have the same effect as a complete shutdown, and we would have this thing under control. Two questions uh, to about that. What have we learned from May to August that justifies such a massive massive shift in policy? Because back in the spring, the Surgeon General, the CDC, members of this task force all said, including Dr. Fauci, masks were wholly unnecessary for the general public. What changed from then to now? That's one. And then number two, uh, uh, Emerald Giroir is... How long should this 85 to 95, 90% of the public have to wear these things to get it under control? Because Dr. Fauci said this week, in fact, I think it was yesterday, that it's possible this virus will never go away completely and we're going to have to learn to live with it and manage it in part with masks. Are we supposed to cover our faces in perpetuity? 
Uh, really good question. So what changed between May and now is we learned that so many uh, people can be completely asymptomatic and spread the virus. You know, if you have the flu, you're going to get hit by 101 fever. You're going to have body aches. You're going to feel terrible. That's not like this. Some people get very sick and die. A lot of young people just carry it and can spread it. And we didn't know that back in May. We know that now. And if you wear a mask and assume you're infected, that uh, greatly reduces the chance that you can spread it to someone else. That's number one. Number two, we know that it's effective. Look at what happened in Arizona. Um, and when I talked about 85 or 90%, I really mean in hotspot areas. If you have very minimal disease, it's good to wear a mask until we have a vaccine and get rid of this. Um, but, you know, we don't need that kind of compliance. But in a, in a, if you're in Ohio right now or if you're in a place that's red, you really need that level if you want to avoid a shutdown. Look at what happened in Arizona. They had very high uh, agreement with mask wearing. Uh, a couple of cities had mandatory mask wearing. They did close the bars, not just last call at 10 o'clock, but they closed the bars because that could be a place for spread temporarily, um, minimized sort of the indoor crowded spaces and avoided crowds, and they turned it completely around in four weeks. They did not shut down their economy. They did not shut down retail. Everything is going. So these measures really do work. Now, to what Dr. Fauci said, I, I, I don't know exactly the context, but I think there's a difference between elimination of this. You know, we still haven't eliminated polio uh, around the world. Uh, versus sort of virtual elimination of this. And once we get the rates down to very low levels, and certainly after a vaccine, um, I'm not going to say life goes back to 100% the way it was, but we really should have this licked. Once 80% of the population has immunity, either natural immunity by getting the virus or getting a vaccine, this essentially won't circulate. There might be a pocket here or there, but then it then it gets to be sort of a classic thing like a foodborne outbreak. You know, we see an outbreak here, we put a lid on it, it goes away. That that's kind of what we should expect. I know you're not the chief policymaker on this, but do you think when there is a vaccine that it's going to be mandated by government? I don't. Um, and, and in fact, uh, you know, I was asked this earlier um, when I was on a show in Arkansas. Um, nobody has ever talked about that, right? I mean, we don't mandate things that, you know, this is not the Chinese Communist Party, right? This is America. We believe in individual liberties. I am very pro-vaccine, and I think there is very good reason um, if we have a safe and effective vaccine, and I think we will, uh, for those, for, for everybody to get it, but certainly those who are at highest risk, like the elderly, uh, like healthcare providers, you know, assuming it works in those groups. But I have heard not a single discussion in Washington about making anything mandatory. Um, we, we, we really don't do that. We don't man 70,000 people a year die of flu. Sometimes it's 35,000. We don't mandate that. We encourage it as much as possible. And, and I'm sure that's what we're going to do here. Admiral Brett Joie, I would love to follow up on that with you, but I do respect your heart out, sir. I know you got a lot of people to talk to. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on. Great to be with you again. Thank you so much. All right, that's Admiral Brett Joie, uh on AM 1420, The Answer. I wanted to follow up with him. He said, we've never done that before, made ma a vaccine mandatory, except that we kind of have. In public schools, you have to show proof of vaccinations, of a number of of vaccinations you have to prove that you have had things uh that uh you know that that, that you know 
to prove that you won't be a danger of spreading something to other people. Now, it, of course, that always makes you wonder, well, why would it matter if I'm vaccinated, if everybody else in the room is? I can't spread it to them anyway, right, if it's so effective? But vaccines are obviously a very uh, touchy subject for a lot of people, uh, and we do we do mandate it. I know my daughter had to prove uh, before she even went into Hillsdale that she has had this, that, and the other thing in terms of these immunizations. Um and I know my son had to have a certain immunization, and I can't remember which one it was, even though I took him to the doctor's appointment to get his second round of uh, one of them. I'm, I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head, and I cannot remember it, uh, what it was called. But at any rate, he had to have another one before he could be admitted into school. So it is mandatory in some ways. Maybe not mandatory to live, but mandatory to go to school. And what some people have said, and this is where I would like to have followed up with Admiral Giroir, some people have said that um, they won't make it mandatory to get it to just live here, but if you want to fly, you're going to have to have that little uh, uh, that little uh, marking on your driver's license or whatever it is that you have in order to be eligible to fly. Uh, you know how they're changing the driver's licenses now? It used to be, this was going to have to be in effect by October, but COVID has pushed everything back. But new driver's licenses and people with existing driver's licenses had to go in and get new ones that double as passports. There's a special mark on your driver's license that will be required for you to have if you fly and if you ever want to fly internationally. Uh, and so they would make sure that once you have done all those things, they mark it on your license. And the thought would be, that in order for you to, you know, engage in commerce and certainly engage in travel, you have to show that you have had the coronavirus vaccine. So it's technically not mandated that you get it, but mandated if you ever want to do anything freely in the country. And the other part, if I had more time with the Admiral that I would ask is, and you can consider this for yourself, and maybe even call me about it, 216-901-0945, when the Admiral says we've never done anything like this before, mandating a vaccine, um, I would say, what is it that the task force and other doctors have been saying about coronavirus, uh, the coronavirus or, or COVID-19, that we have never seen anything like this? So an unprecedented virus may lead to unprecedented mandates. And... I'm going to be honest with you. I believe Admiral Giroir, when he says that he believes the masking is effective, I don't necessarily agree from my layman's point of view, not being a doctor, but I believe him when he says he believes it. I don't think Brett Giroir is among those trying to get all of us to just accept a mask in order to then accept a vaccine as part of the social control. I believe there are far left groups that are trying to use this uh, for more government control over the people. Uh, I don't believe that Ju- Brett Giroir is among them. I don't believe Donald Trump is among them. But... For those of us who believe that mandatory masking, statewide or nationwide, is just the first step toward mandatory next thing, and mandatory the following thing, and mandatory the following thing after that, to the point where we get used to doing exactly what we're told by the government, I think that is still a grave concern. I just don't think that every medical professional who suggests wearing masks is part of that movement. And I think Brett Joa really, truly believes from a medical standpoint that it's effective. So there you have it. I'm interested in your reaction. 216 888 Right back on AM 1420, The Answer. <laughs> 